Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at GT Church in Victoria, BC. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, whether you're watching online or you're live with us right now, great to have you with me in this particular moment. You know, our Jesus series has been a real fun time together, and it's almost coming to an end. So today we're actually going to be looking at chapter 15, which means that next week is our last Sunday um, of this series. But chapter 15, I'm going to be honest with you, it's, 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 uh, it's a pretty heavy one. In chapter 15, we have the story of Jesus and Jesus' trial before Pilate. We have uh, the, the crucifixion in chapter 15. We have the death of Jesus in chapter 15. We have the burial of Jesus in chapter 15. So this is a substantially heavy chapter and a very relevant chapter to to each and every one of us who are watching this and hearing my voice right now. And so I want to I want to highlight this particular chapter with you but more specifically I want to look at five verses hidden in the middle of the text chapter 15 verse 16 to 20. If you have your bibles feel free to pull it up with me now. We're going to read it together. It's the story of when the soldiers mock Jesus. And I've always been fascinated by this story. Because there's this piece of me that looks at the way they interact with what we would call, who we would call our Lord and Savior. And there's this piece of me that's like, oh my goodness, how can these people be acting in such a gross such a horrible, such an unthinkable fashion. And so so let's look at this together. This is Mark chapter 15, verse 16. Again, if you're watching at home, go grab a Bible, read this, follow along with me. If you're here live in the church, glad you're with me. We got the words on the screen, but, but, but bring a Bible to church next time. Okay, you ready? Here we go. Mark 15, verse 16 says this. The soldiers took Jesus into the courtyard of the governor's headquarters called the Praetorium and called out to the entire regiment. So here we have Jesus, and the soldiers walk in with him. Hey, everybody, come on. Come on, guys, guys, look who we have with us right now. Come on, come on, come on. Billy, Reginald, Charles, come on, everybody. Get over here. You got to see who we got. You're never going to believe what is about to happen. Then verse 17, they dressed him in a purple robe. Hey, 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 Carl, did you got that, that purple cloak? Yeah, 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 oh man, yeah, bring it here. This, this, this is gonna be gold. Everybody watch this. Hey, 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 Mike, 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 come here. And it says, and they wove thorn branches into a crown and they put it on his head. Mike, 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 go over that tree. Yeah, <laughs> bro, grab some thorns. Let, let's, let's make a crown, <laughs> let's make a crown. Around. Oh, this is going to be great. Come on, everybody. Watch, watch this. And they, they put the, the, the cloak over top of Jesus' arms. And they, and they put the crown on his head. And then they saluted him. And they taunted him. Just as they would say, Hail, King Caesar! It says here, Hail, King of the Jews! <laughs> You hear that, guys? Hail, King of the Jews! (laughs) And they stand there and they mock Jesus. 
openly in front of everybody. And everybody starts jumping in and chiming in. And it's like the Lord of the flies that just kind of takes over and this, this mob mentality as they go to humiliate this man. Verse 19. And they struck him on the head with a reed stick. And people chimed in, chimed in, jumped in. They began to spit on him, the Bible says. And they dropped to their knees in mock worship. And when they were finally tired of mocking him, when it, when it just wasn't funny anymore, when people started getting bored, they started getting bored of it. It says, when they're finally tired of mocking him, the jokes were done. They took off the purple robe and they put on his own clothes again. And then they led him away to be crucified. And I step back and I look at that story and I shake my head. And I can't help but wonder what is going on through these soldiers' minds. These are our, 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 our professional people caught, caught up in this emotional moment. They're, they're, they're stuck on this particular narrative, this cultural narrative who, of who they say and who people believe and what people think about this Jesus character. And, and somewhere along the way, in the hype of this moment, these, these people who were gathered, this mob, this, this crowd of soldiers, they, they get blinded to the fact that, that they're blinded to Jesus' humanity. The fact that this is an actual living person. And people shouldn't treat people like that regardless of who they are and what they've done. And on top of all that, they're blind to his deity. The fact that this man actually isn't just a man at all. This man is God, the son of God in the flesh. God incarnate walking the streets. And here their, their response the response is to mock him, to humiliate him, to hurt him. And what strikes me the most about this particular exchange, what strikes me the most about this story is how badly these soldiers misunderstood both who Jesus is and, and, and who Jesus was, they had, they had no idea. And, and, and to, be, to, be, to be totally fair, what strikes me the most about this story, quite honestly, if I'm going to be real, what strikes me the most is the, just the, the frailty of the human condition. The fact that it's extraordinarily easy for any of us to act the way those soldiers did. And that's the piece that makes me uncomfortable. 
I mean, I mean, I mean, come on. Like, like, like we don't, not many of us aren't owning purple um, robes and, and maybe we would never visualize ourselves actually putting a crown of thorns on Jesus's head or spitting on him or hitting him or, or whatever. But truth be told, in our darkest moments, it's uncomfortably easy to forget who Jesus is. It's uncomfortably easy for us to, to misunderstand what's going on. It's uncomfortable how soldier-like we can all get when we're in our lowest moments. And so I want to talk about that today. And I, 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 I know, I know it's one thing to, to misunderstand who Jesus is. And it's another thing to, to have Jesus misunderstand us. But I, I want to I sit on this for a bit. This whole idea of, it's one thing for us to misunderstand Jesus. But what if, what if maybe throughout this COVID experience, what if you've found yourself in this position where, where it's almost as though you feel like, like God is misunderstanding you? Where it's almost like maybe God's forgotten you. And it's actually, this has been a hard season for you in terms of your spiritual walk because you've been trying to navigate this, thinking to yourself, whoa, 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 whoa. Where is this Jesus when I need him? Where is this Jesus the Bible talks about? Where is this Jesus we sing about at church? Where is this Jesus that existed before COVID? Because during COVID, things changed. And in your world, you've been, you've been struggling. So, so, so today, what I want to attempt to do is I want to attempt to use the Bible to answer four of the hardest questions you may have asked during COVID. And I actually want to give you four of the easiest answers. So if you're taking notes, I want you to just write this down on the top of your page. Four hard questions, four easy answers. And maybe, just maybe, my prayer, my hope for you today is that God would speak really specifically to your heart and that where there has been misunderstanding, there would be truth. And there would be freedom. And there would be new life. So the first question Maybe you found yourself asking this. Maybe you didn't, but maybe you did. And the question sounds like this. Are you there? Like, like, like Jesus, are you, are you even there? Are you listening? Are you, are you actually watching? Are you seeing what's going on here, Jesus? Don't you know what's happening to me right now? And the answer is, yes. That's a real hard question to ask. But the answer is yes. And what I want you to see is this. Sometimes, sometimes we misunderstand God's silence and assume Jesus doesn't know what we need. It's almost as though we start to tell ourselves, well, well I can't hear Jesus, therefore he must not actually be there. He has, he has no idea what I'm going through. He has no idea how, how I've needed him through COVID. He, he has no idea. Jesus, where are you? Are you even there? Do you know what I need? And the truth is, yes, 
Yes, he does. And, and if we look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, it says these words. And this is, this is Jesus talking. And this is what he's quoted as saying. He says, for your father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask him. And so when we're in our dark moments and we're trying to figure out, Jesus, are you there? Do you know what I need? The answer, friend, is yes. And I'm not just making that up. It says it right here in the scriptures. So there's truth there. Hold on to that today. Jesus knows exactly what you need. Exactly what you need. Okay, pastor. Who cares though? Sure, he knows what I need. But does he even know how much hurt I've been through? Does he know how hard this season has been? Which leads me to number two. Number one is, are you there? But number two, do you see my despair? Do you see my despair, Lord? Do you see my hurt? Do you, do you know what it feels like to be me? Do you see my pain? Do you see how hard this season has been to you? Do you know how lonely it's been, God? Do you see my broken heart? Do you see my despair? And the answer is yes. Friend, yes, he does. Psalm 56, verse 8 says, you keep track of all of my sorrows. See, another, another word used, if you look at the bottom of your Bible here, another word for sorrows is wandering. You see all my sorrows and you see all my wandering. Have you wandered a little bit in this COVID season? Jesus saw it. It says, you have collected all of my tears in a bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. I, I used to work at a, a liquidation store and we had this tool store attached to it. And uh, every year we would have to do inventory. And we'd go throughout the store and be like, table saw, table saw, table saw, table saw, table saw, hammer, 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 screw, 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 tape, 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 tape. And we'd go through, we would take an inventory. And we'd write down every single thing that existed in the store. It was completely emotionless. I can tell you right now, I wasn't like, oh, the table saws didn't sell. One, two, three, four. There was no emotion. It was just a list. But when I look at this, you have recorded each one in my book. God doesn't just take an inventory of your sorrows. It's, it's more closely related to a diary. There's, 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 there's personal connection involved. There's emotion involved. And God's writing down your sorrows with tears in his eyes, thinking, son, I hate that this is what you're going through. Daughter, it pains me to see you with tears in your eyes. He sees it. He sees your despair. You say to me, oh, great, I'm glad he sees it, but does he even, is he going to do anything? Yeah. Yeah. Psalm 34. Psalm 34, verse 17 says, The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. Like, like, look at these words. 
He rescues them. God is your rescuer. He rescues them from their troubles, from their sorrows, from their pain, from their loneliness, from their grief, from their hurts, from the heaviness. The Lord is close to the broken-hearted friend. If you're broken-hearted today, the Bible's not making this up. This is true. God is close to you right now. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. God is your rescuer. More specifically, Jesus is your rescuer. And you can take your pain to him. And he wants to meet you in your pain, amidst your pain, right in the middle of hardship. So are you there? Yeah. Yeah, he's there. But, but Jesus, do you see my despair? Do you see what I'm going through? Yeah, he does. But are you actually aware how hard it is, God? Do you have any idea, Jesus, what it feels like to be a Christian in the midst of a pandemic? Do you have any idea what it feels like to be a Christian as church begins to open up? And I'm trying to figure out all these different emotions of, of, of life right now. Jesus, do you know what it feels like to be human and to have pressures for sin? Do you know what that feels like? And the answer is yes. Yes, he does. And sometimes we misunderstand our sin and assume that Jesus doesn't know what it feels like to be human. We assume that Jesus has no idea what it feels like to be you or me. And the truth is, the scriptures speak to this quite, quite, quite plainly, actually. In Hebrews chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, it talks about the high priest. And the high priest is actually Jesus. That's what this verse is talking about. And it says, the high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. In other words, Jesus understands our weaknesses. That's what this is saying. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. For he faced all the same testings that we do. Yet he did not sin. This Jesus of ours, this Jesus who put the stars in the sky, who, who pulled up the mountains and, and poured out the waters, this Jesus who's been a part of creation since there was a creation, the Jesus who knit us together in our mother's womb, the Jesus who gave you breath, who gives you life, who gave you talents and abilities and gifts, that Jesus, he came to earth in human form, surrendered it all, and said, I'm going to go feel what they feel. I'm going to experience what they experience. I'm going to go live the way they live. I want connection. And that's why God is so beautiful. And so when we're walking through this life and we ask questions like, do you, like, like are you even aware of what it feels like, God? Do you know how hard it is, God? Do you know what it, what it, what it feels like to live out this life, God? The answer is yes. Jesus knows exactly, exactly what you're going through. Exactly what it feels like. Exactly what it feels like to be scared. Exactly what it feels like to be afraid. Exactly what it feels like to feel overwhelmed. Exactly what it feels like to, be, to feel betrayed, to feel left out. Jesus knows exactly what it feels like to be misunderstood. 
Are you there? Yeah, he's there. Do you, do you see my despair? Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. Are you aware of how hard this is, God? Yeah, he's aware. Well, then do you even care? Because <laughs> it would be sure nice if you showed yourself a little bit. <laughs> It'd be, it, it sure would be nice if you just kind of walked into the room. <laughs> because this is hard. Are you aware? Do you even care? Do you, do you accept me? Do you, do you love me? I mean, I mean, in spite of all the things I've been through, like apparently you know my story. And having known and heard all of my story, do you still care, God? Like, do I actually have a hope in a future? Is there actually a plan for my life? Do you actually want to use me? The answer, friend, is yes. Yes. So many yeses. God is with you. And sometimes we misunderstand our own story and assume that Jesus doesn't want to be a part of it. We misunderstand the plot line. We misunderstand uh, Jesus' role in our life. We misunderstand where God is coming from. And all of a sudden we start thinking to ourselves that God doesn't want anything to do with me. But the truth is, he does. He does. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. This is actually one of the first Bible verses I ever learned when I became a Christian. And these are the words. It's one sentence, and it's so extraordinarily profound. Here are the words. It says, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. This little, if you've grown up in the church for any deal of time, this is, this, is, this is an old verse. It's obvious. We know this, pastor. But oh man, when we're in our low moments, we forget this verse exists. When, when, when we are feeling down, when we are in the dark, when we are in the dumps, this particular verse never seems to come to memory. Does God care? Yeah, he does. He cares about you. He cares about you more than you'll ever know. He sent Jesus to die for you. It brings new, new light to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew 15, verse 16. The soldiers took Jesus into the courtyard of the governor's headquarters. They called it the praetorium and they called out the entire regiment. Hey, everybody, come on, come on, I got Jesus. And what was going through Jesus's mind in that moment? You want to know what was going through his mind? You. You were going through his mind. You know what was going through his mind in verse 17 when it says, they dressed him up in purple robes and they wove thorn branches into a crown and they placed it on his head. Do you know what was going through his mind? The soldiers. The very people who were doing that. Those very oppressors. The people who were making him bleed. He was thinking about them. When it says, they, they saluted him and they taunted him, Hail, King of the Jews. Who was he thinking about, friend? He was thinking about you. When they struck him in the head with a reed stick, when they spat on him, when they dropped to their knees in mark, mock worship, who was Jesus seeing? He wasn't just seeing the, the, the mockery. He was seeing you, friend. He was seeing them for who they were. Because with Jesus, your past doesn't have to be your future. 
But Jesus, there is hope. There is life. And when they were finally tired of mocking him, when they got bored of it, when they took this purple robe off and they put him back in his clothes and they sent him to be crucified, what was Jesus thinking in that moment? He was thinking about you because he cares about you. God's rescue plan for humanity, believe it or not, was this. I don't know your story. I don't know what you've been through. But I didn't grow up going to church. And when I learned who Jesus was for the first time, and I began to understand this misunderstood Jesus, everything changed. And if you want more information about becoming a Christian, if you're watching online from home, you can text LIFE to the word that's popping up or to the number that's popping up on your screen right now. We, we want to be a part of your journey. You don't have to walk by yourself. If you're, if you're here right now in this room, we have our people in our Next Steps booth right after the service. Make, make your way to them. Talk to them. Find somebody. Don't walk out of here without saying hello to somebody and letting them know what God is doing in your heart right now. Lean into Jesus. But I, 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 I just, I really believe that God wants to speak to you in this moment. So would you, would you stand to your feet with me? If you're, if you're in this room right now, can I ask everybody to stand to your feet? But if you're watching at home, can I ask you to stand to your feet for a moment? And we're just going to make a, just kind of create a sacred space between us and God. You can close your eyes. Maybe you want to put your hands out in a posture of kind of receiving, of surrender. And I would love to just pray for you. Because I'm very much aware how hard this season has been. I'm very much aware that some of you have been walking a very, very difficult road. But I'm also very much aware that the enemy's been trying to lie to you. And that when we're in our darkness, when we're in our dark spots, when we're, when we're in our low moments, it feels like God is a million miles away. And the truth is, he's right in front of you right now. Jesus is accessible. So can I pray for you? Father God, I thank you that you're real. And in this moment, Father, I pray for each and every person who can hear my voice. Each person who has prayed the prayer or said the thought or said the words, are you there? God, I pray that you would show yourself right now. That you would bring comfort, that your presence, your Holy Spirit would bring peace. For each person who has prayed the prayer or said the words, do you even see me in my despair? Do you see my sorrow? Do you know, do you see my hurts? Friends, the answer is yes. And God, in this moment, I pray that Holy Spirit, you would bring wholeness. You would bring healing. You would bring your comfort and your presence. For those who said, but yeah, yeah, but God, are you even aware of what's going on? Do you know what it feels like to be me, Father? <laughs> Friend, yes, yes, God does. And Holy Spirit, would you bring your presence your reminder that you've been through what we've been through. And for all of us in our dark moments, when we cry the cry, God, do you even care about me? Where were you during this pandemic? Jesus, I pray that you would bring your love right now. That you'd pour love out in such an exponential way. 
that there would be an overflow of your spirit and your presence in this room. That Jesus, you would come in such a real way and restore hope, restore purpose, restore vision, because God, you're not done yet. We thank you that you're real, and we thank you that you're here. In your name we pray. Everybody said, amen.